0: Welcome back, Bills fans. It's your boy, Jeremy Mountain, here with Blue Mafia. Welcome back to the podcast. It's episode three. We got a lot to talk about. Camp is on. They're putting the pads on today. A lot of Bills fans attending Rochester, St. John Fisher, where your boy, Jer, was concussed in 2007. The Bills are back in camp, back in pads. We did see Micah Hyde go down with an injury. Unfortunately, but he's back in camp today, this morning. Saturday morning, beautiful morning here in the Elmwood Village. We got the throwback. Charges. Philip Rivers. Stick around, we got five things. We're going to talk some rookie stuff. We're going to talk some leadership. We're going to talk some egos. We're going to say, uh, you know, five things to look at as you watch your Bills Pods, Bills Coverage, Bills Quick shout out, like the piece that I saw today, Uh, Rochester, Rochester journalism at its finest, Dan Fates, great piece on Khalil Shakir, just a quick journalism shout out right there for you, stick around. Second part, we're going to do a new segment called, who crowned him? Who crowned him? I got five guys around the NFL, and I'm asking, who fucking crowned him? Let's do it. Right. All right, so we're in camp. We're putting the pads on. Hopefully you saw some coverage on the little bonnets on the head. Maybe someday I'll get to interview Mark Kelso about the original kazoo bonnet here in western New York to help prevent extra concussions, something we knew about here at Blue Mafia. Khalil Shakir. We were excited to see the fifth rounder out of Boise State. We've already mentioned him here on the pod. Glowing reviews from camp thus far. Now, we don't want to dig too deep because we don't even have the pads on yet. You like to hear some of the words coming out of the mouths of these guys. You like to hear what they have to say. You like to hear the positivity. You like to see the way they carry themselves. You like to see the way they fit in with the rest of the locker room. And thus far, all great things for Khalil Shakir. A lot of similar things to a young Gabe Davis. Obviously, we saw and you've heard me complain about Gabe Davis having to wait his turn last year behind a veteran in Emmanuel Sanders, but... With Sanders and Beasley out, we are short a few veterans, and therefore younger guys are going to need to step up. And that wide receiver room is packed. Guys like Greg Kumaro, Tanner Gentry could find themselves probably on the practice squad. Hopefully they get to stick around. But we really like Khalil Shakir and the things that we have been hearing out of camp, especially hearing that Diggs has sort of begun taking him under his wing, that thanks to Dan Faiths, great journalism. Another young guy we're excited about, um, Elam Corner. He looks big, he looks thick, and seeing him on the sidelines already had me excited before pads, but hearing that him and Stefan Diggs were already getting physical in practice... Love to hear about it. Love to see it. You hope that those guys can stay competitive and healthy and keep that competition healthy, making each other better. But just to hear that Elam is already sort of not taking any of Diggs' shit, I don't have a problem with it. Coming in on number four on my five things that I'm looking at during camp, obviously the Micah Hyde injury. Uh, Yesterday, during work, Friday afternoon, a couple texts started flying around about the Hyde injury. Rumors were that he was carted off. Later would see on Twitter that he walked off, but then was carted over to the, you know, training facility. But he was walking around at camp today on some footage I saw this morning. So that's good to know that it's not that serious. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a nagging injury, something that keeps coming back throughout the 17-game Onslaught of an NFL season. But that should be a wake up call uh, to the fans, to the players, to the coaches, to the organization. USA Today, you know, controversially putting the Bills 15 and 2. I'm going to actually be doing my article this weekend on my game by game prediction for the 2022 season. I'll go through each game and sort of just do a quick paragraph on what I think is going to happen and why because, you know, the way that the roller coaster of this season continues up and down is really more to do with how a team performs or doesn't perform uh, throughout the year more than who they're playing. It's when they're playing, how it's being played, who's in or out you know a lot of things can change and that should be a wake-up call for bills fans and people around the nfl that are putting this bills team at 15 and 2 writing them off as super bowl champions it's not that easy to win a super bowl as we've seen and the reality is, is every team in the nfl is two three injuries away from being a sub 500 team and i don't think the bills are any different we need Josh Allen on the field, we need Jordan Poyer on the field, we need Micah Hyde on the field. Those those three guys truly are very, very impactful, and there's not a lot of depth behind them. You know, Brandon Bean has put a lot of depth into a lot of different position groups, but safeties and quarterback are not exactly the deepest. Third thing I'm looking at is Stefan Diggs maturing as a leader. Uh, heard some of the quotes in the Dan Fates piece where Sha- Khalil Shakir and Diggs were sort of talking about how Diggs has taken, uh, taken him under his wing. And Shakir was sort of referring to him as, uh, you know, a guy that sort of will punch you in the arm, push you. But then ultimately, you know, it's just tough love and he's just trying to make you better. And... It wasn't that that made me think that Diggs might be maturing as a leader. It was actually the quotes that he was giving following uh in this piece where he continuously was talking about being one of the older guys, but the way that his voice sort of cracked a little bit, you could tell it was new. It was not scary, but that good fear uh of embarking on a new territory for a guy's, you know, celebrated in a guy with as many statistical successes as Stefan Diggs and experience in the league. It's just cool to see a guy like that who's made his money sort of taking on that role and hearing it in his voice, of a game and a, a team that he truly cares about. The second thing I'm looking at on my countdown here for you from five to four, little bit of a rant here as we start to switch over into part two of this week's episode uh where we're going to do who crowned him uh but sort of just a comedic rant here but i love seeing bills fans i love anyone who loves the bills but that being said can we take a little bit of a smoke break here I love to see the fans at camp. It's beautiful. They haven't been able to be there at St. John Fisher the last two years, but ultimately there's a lot that's got to happen still uh, before this team can consider itself a winner. Uh, I do sort of consider the Bills to be a little bit overrated at this point, not only by local fans and media, but nationally. But the local fans... They're obviously going to feel high coming off of last year with you know the performance by Josh Allen and the way that we were ascending, and everyone sort of thinks that we, uh, well, we would have beat the Bengals we would have went to the Super Bowl and probably would have won the Super Bowl. That's not true. We didn't win. We lost. We didn't make it to the AFC Championship. We lost to the same team that we lost to the year before when we didn't finish. We have yet to take down the Chiefs, And ultimately, everyone else is going to just keep getting better. The division's not getting worse. People want to write off Miami and Tua Tuggy. You've heard me talk about Tuggy and Zach uh, Wilson. They have talent around them. And I do think that new coaches in those teams are going to be competitive. So I'll do my best to temper my criticism for the overindulgence in Bills fanhood but I'm all set on the baby pictures I'm all set on the little baby Josh Allen jerseys cool to see the fans interacting with the team don't get me wrong but everybody can just take a little bit of a break and enjoy the Bills season because it's not going to last forever. And this team is one injury away. And ultimately, we've got guys that we're going to have to pay. So enjoy this year. Savor it. But also, relax a little bit. Super Bowl, not for another four months. That being said, it is pretty cool that the Bills have one of the best fan bases in the NFL. I just find it a little bit humorous that it's like they're the Beatles, which is honestly pretty awesome. But ultimately, as a true lifetime Bills fan, I think a lot of people around Western New York know that it doesn't truly matter until it starts to get shitty out. And that's when the fair weather fans will begin to fall off the wagon and start to watch from home. I'll be watching from home all year. I had my Bills season pass in 2019 $585 I had a ticket to uh, two tickets actually to all eight home games that was when everyone was still talking shit about Josh Allen so enjoy your $250 seat tickets and I look forward to the new stadium but ultimately it's a little weird how much of a cult that this Bills Mafia has become but hey make your money do your thing I love the Bills I have a podcast. What can I say? The last thing, ego watch. Got a little bit of a spat at practice. We mentioned it. Kyrie Elam, Stefan Diggs, nose to nose before the pads even go on. But, as we mentioned, it's nice to see that on the offensive side of the ball, Diggs is already mentoring a younger guy on the uh, wide receiver in core. Jamison Crowder... Disappointingly, is already down with a lower body injury. Uh, saw a nice piece about O.J. Howard and his sort of uh, rekindling and passion of the game. Nice to see that. Hoping to see good things, obviously, out of Isaiah McKenzie. He likes to be the face of the franchise. How is he going to produce? And Gabe Davis obviously looks the part of a true number one or number two receiver. Um, I think that Tavon Austin will make this team but I don't know I can't complain about the egos on the offense everybody seems to have really good energy everybody seems to have really good energy on the defense as well we'll be interested to see how the Von Miller rotation with uh, the rest of the defensive line works out and we'll have to keep an eye on the depth uh, and the safety position obviously we've got all that rotation up front but those two Ironman safeties we have, the bash bros. There's not a whole lot of depth behind them, but ultimately, you know, they feel that Jaquan Johnson, some of these other guys can step in if need be. So stay tuned on ego watch right now. We'll put it at about a five out of 10 because we're not too worried. Everything seems to be pretty balanced. People seem confident. We want to be there on the ego watch. We'll, we'll come back to this each week quickly at the end of the bills segment scale one to ten ten being too cocky one being completely lost their confidence we're at about a five nice and balanced so we'll keep it nice and balanced and flip it over for another five Round the nfl who crowned them? who crowned these guys stick around thanks for listening Who crowned him? Who crowned these guys? Number five, Kyler Murray. Give me a break. I have to hear about Kyler Murray and his film study or his preparation or how amazing he is or what a generational talent he is or what a great team they have or what a great city that is. Who crowned the Cardinals? Who crowned J.J. Watt? Who crowned DeAndre Hopkins? Who crowned Kyler Murray? I'm a big Cliff Kingsbury fan, don't get me wrong. But who crowned this team? They haven't won a thing. Guy gets his money, and he wants to come up on the podium and complain about, oh, it's disrespectful to say I don't prepare. I wouldn't get this far without preparing. Well, maybe you do get this far without preparing. And this is exactly how far you get without preparing. Who crowned Kyler Murray? 5'7". He's not bad. He's a good player, but I don't see him lasting that long, and I've always thought he was going to end up playing baseball by the time he's 30, so we'll see on that. Number four, who crowned him? Tay. Devontae Adams. I drafted Devontae Adams before anybody in fantasy years ago when he was like the second or third receiver for the Packers. So I'm well aware of the talent that Devontae Adams brings to the table. He's everything you want in a receiver. Big guy, strong guy, good route runner, seemingly good teammate. But when did he become Randy Moss? Why is he a 99 and overall? I would give him maybe 92, 96, 97 maybe even. 99 overall for Devontae Adams. Give me a break. Tay. Number three. Who crowned them? The Buffalo Bills. Haven't won anything yet. Superstars all around. Trust the process. Still haven't won anything. Ultimately, they're overrated. Who crowned them? Maybe them. Maybe the media. Ultimately, though, I just don't think until they do win an AFC championship, make it to a Super Bowl, I just do not think that they deserve to be crowned. So who crowned the Buffalo Bills? Number two, who crowned him? Josh McDaniels. I get it. He's been around the Patriots. He's been a winning coach. He's very intelligent. You don't become an NFL coach without being extremely intelligent. But I'm just trying to think to myself, who crowned Josh McDaniels? Go look at the footage of Josh McDaniels screaming at a defender for getting in Derek Carr's way during practice the other day. It's like, I I get it when coaches say stay off the quarterback, but when coaches absolutely lose their mind because a guy gets within some distance while also making a, an attempt to stay out of the quarterback's way, take a, take a smoke break. Josh McDaniels, who crowned him? Who crowned the Raiders? Lastly, who crowned Derek Carr? Guy shows up to... Camp with his jersey taped like this? Come on, man. We're not wearing cutoffs. Who crowned Derek Carr? He's not a bad player. But to be honest with you, I don't think he's that good of a player. He throws a prettier deep ball than Kirk Cousins, but I put him right in that realm of Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. I don't know who crowned him, but couple other bonus mentions who crowned the Broncos who crowned the Broncos wide receiving core Jared Judy's not bad Cortland Sutton's not bad they've got decent running backs Javante Green Javante Williams and Russell Wilson who crowned Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson really that impressive we'll find out Who crowned a lot of these guys? Sick of everybody acting like this is the, you know, there's never been a football before this last era. I love football. I love points. I love passing the ball. I love touchdowns. But I also like hits. And before this game becomes 7-on-7, let's bring hitting back to the NFL. Let's bring hitting the quarterback back to the NFL. Let's bring hitting the receivers back to the NFL. Let's bring... uh, (laughs) Crackback blocks back back to the NFL. Just thought it one of the best crackbacks by my friend Maddie. At Depew, under the lights. Scrimmage, 05, junior year. Black 8, pitch, crack. Sets the tone. Make football violent again but keep it safe and kids don't need to be doing those things but adults once they get to the league guarantee them their money guarantee them their health insurance if you play in the league for five years you're guaranteed health insurance you're guaranteed benefits but we got to bring hitting back who crowned not hitting in the nfl thanks for listening guys we'll see you next week love you